I love the gorillas in church. We're going to pray for people this morning. One of the things I just want to remind the church about is our prayer requests. And we do those every day, every week. We have prayer requests go through. Um, there's a little card that has a phone number. You ring that number, talk to that person. They'll pass on the, the prayer request to our network of text messaging. And we'll pray for you and have the whole church praying for your need. And uh, we have some incredible answers to prayer uh, from those prayer requests. So I just want to encourage you to don't think, well, you know, this doesn't really matter and no one will really care. I can guarantee you that many, many people will be praying for your needs when you put those prayer requests in. Um, so I just encourage the church about that. We're going to pray for your needs this morning because I know there's always things that go on in life that uh, we have no control over, um, but God wants to help us with. That's why Jesus Christ came and gave his life so that we could live a much better life under his covering and protection. So this morning, if you're here and you have a prayer need, whatever that may be, um, I'm not going to go into details this morning, but I do know that there are people who have had spoken with me this week and they've got some uh, health issues, concerns and needs. And I want to pray for those people this morning. I'm not going to ask you to come up the front or identify yourselves in any way. But if you want us to pray for you this morning for uh, a need that you have, then I'm just going to ask that as we bow our heads, that you raise your hand and say, include me in this prayer. And I know Jesus will see your hand and he will intercede for you in that area. So just raise your hands if that's you this morning. I want to pray for you today. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray for these people who have their hands raised today. Lord, you, you so care for their needs. You so care for us. And that you see each hand and know what it represents right now. And I pray, Lord God, that addictions may be broken. I pray that um, healing may come. I pray that financial blessings may flow. I pray that the answers that we don't have answers for may come to every person here whose hand is raised. And I just thank you, Jesus, that you are the God who is for us and want to see us blessed in every part of our life. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm so excited to be in church every Sunday. Who enjoyed last weekend with Gerard Kean? What a cool man. I, I feel like uh, he had such a great time hanging out with me that he's going to be preaching so amazing this week, wherever he is this week. But uh, no, I had a great time with Gerard and learnt a lot of, of good things from him. And I hope that uh, we have a residual effect in our church from him being with us. Um, so now I'm really planning things for next year. And thinking, well, God, what, what do you want us to do next year as a church? And I know that uh, we're going to have a great time ahead of us. Come on, the, come on the, the process or go on the journey with us next year. And I know that uh, you're going to grow, the church is going to grow, and we're going to have a great time. Um, and as we're worshipping this morning, I don't know if I, how I'm going to get to my message, but I, as we're worshipping today, uh, I really sense that there's people who have been around church a long time, been, maybe grew up here in this church as well, and God is going to do something supernatural in your life that is going to break you out of some sort of containment that has sort of kept you comfortable. God doesn't want you to be comfortable. He wants you to be effective. And to be that, you've got to break the chains of, well, this is what I'm expecting from church, or this is what I know it should be. You know, that's going to go. I'm not saying do, you do this or do that because the Holy Ghost is going to start just pouring into us. You know, you know, we used to play hide and seek. You'd say, coming, ready or not. Well, ready or not, God's going to start hitting some of us. He's coming, ready or not. Anyway, that, to my message, if I can just have that 
first one up, please, Karen. Alignment, part four. So I hope I don't bore you with this series on alignment, but, but I tell you, it's something that is, is we, this is a second last installment of it, I think, unless some other part comes to me. But alignment, part four, it's our heart. And if you've um, been with us over the last couple of months, um, I'll, I'll just recap. Um, the first week of alignment was alignment with God, uh, having our life connected with, with God. Second one was alignment with people, alignment with friends, having the right friends and being the right kind of a friend. The third alignment is alignment with church, and today's alignment is with our heart. Um, I'm going to start with Matthew 15, verse 11. In the New Living Translation, it says this, It's not what goes into your mouth that defiles you. This is the words of Jesus. It's not what you eat or that, that you put into your mouth that defiles you. You are defiled by the words that come out of your mouth. Now, the Matthew 15 verse 18 says, By the words you speak come from the heart. That's what defiles you. So we're going to use that as our launch pad this morning about alignments of the heart. So, um, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're talking about alignments of the heart. A big part of who we are in life is determined by who or what we align ourselves with in our heart. What we agree with and what we stand for are determined by what's in our heart. And we need to have the right heart if we're going to be effective ministers for Jesus Christ, which we're all called to be. As I've said before, uh, we don't go to church, we are the church. We don't say the church does this or that because that's us. So you are the church, I am the church. Anyone who confesses Jesus Christ as their saviour is the church. So if the church isn't doing, then the responsibility is on you. So sometimes we are activated by our um, uh, things that we see that we say, why not? Why, why don't we have this or that? And, and we've got to activate on those, those promptings and say, well, why don't we have this or why don't we have that? If God's showing you, then it's not, say, dump that on the pastor and say, well, we need this or that, church. You say, well, pastor, can I talk to you? Because I feel there's something stirring in my heart that I think we can do. So that's a bit I've just told you off. Now it all gets good from there. So we describe those who go above all reasonable efforts in life and astound us with unusual courage as having heart. You ever seen that? Describe someone having a great heart. They've, they've astounded us. They're maybe incredible athletes or, or uh, you know, courage on the battlefield and you think they've just shown incredible heart. And um, it's an inner strength that defies circumstances and pushes through to win. So the world loves it when a person comes from last but didn't give up. We've seen those stories where you see someone stumbling on a marathon and, and they, everyone else has finished ages ago and they're, they're just going and the, the, everyone's just inspired by that courage of their heart that they didn't just say, well, it doesn't matter, the race is over. No, the race is not over for you until you cross the line. So the world loves it when a person does that. And so today I'm going to use the connection of the word heart and attitude and combine them together. A positive heart attitude to God or a divided heart attitude to God will affect the outcomes of your effectiveness. So um, who's ever heard of Michael Edwards? 
I bet you no one has. My little thing's helping me really good here today. Here it is. Michael Edwards, Olympic ski jumper. Now, you may not recognise his name as Michael Edwards, but you may have heard the, the, the name that they gave him. The nickname was Eddie the Eagle. Who remembers Eddie the Eagle? It was in the 1988 Calgary Winter Olympics. Who wasn't born in 1988? You make me sick. Can't believe it. Put up your hands who wasn't born in 1988. You did not exist. I cannot believe it. Okay, you can put your hands down. It's hurting enough. I remember the Calgary Winter Olympics. So, let, let me tell you something about Eddie the Eagle, Michael Edwards. He was an Olympic ski jumper from Great Britain, and he was spectacular in his underachievement. One of the factors in that was um, he was very far-sighted, so it required him to wear his glasses at all times, which during ski jumps fogged to such an extent that he could not see. So basically he's doing his, his, his um, uh, event blind. I mean, that's a pretty determined person though. And however though, his lack of success endeared him to people around the world. The worse he performed, the more people he, he uh, the more popular, I'm trying to say, let me start that again. The worse he performed, the more popular he became. Um, and he subsequently became a media celebrity and appeared on talk shows around the world. The twist is, we still talk of Eddie the Eagle. Oh, I do. But you know, the amazing part is we don't talk about who won the gold, silver or bronze medal. No one even cares. No one around the world wanted to interview the gold medalist. They wanted to get the guy who came last. Okay, and yeah, I'll just prove my point because I, I, I just thought of Eddie the Eagle yesterday. I thought, oh, I'm going to put him in my preaching here. He's not as big as Jesus, but he's, he's helping me. They're, they're, they're actually, I did some research on Michael Edwards yesterday, Eddie the Eagle, and they're making a movie about him right now with Hugh Jackman, and uh, it's going to be released in 2016, so I am on the ball, I'm on the pulse, on the pulse of what's happening in the world today. Who can't wait to next year? I'm going to be at the movies in April when it comes out. We're going to book the cinema, they're all going to come and all be there. But I sum up the story like this. Michael Edwards, he found a purpose. He gave it his personal best. And although he was the loser, he became the real winner. Because just think about that. The gold medalists, we don't remember their name. No one's making a movie about them. But Eddie the Eagle, who couldn't see where he was flying, they're making a movie about. Because it wasn't his achievement that people admire, it was the heart and determination to keep going. That's what we love. So to those of us aligned uh, with an aligned heart to the call and purpose of God, 
Everything else in life is weighed or measured by that call to God's purpose. Weighing your purpose in life to what God is requiring of you. That's a big statement to say. But we have an a inbuilt mechanism within us to, to achieve things. And there is a spiritual aspect of life that many people never discover. And I want to really encourage you today to try and learn and think and, and talk to God whatever way you can to discover what that purpose God might have for you. In Luke chapter 16, verses 10 to 11, it says this. If you are faithful in little things, and this is talking to, to believers today, to, to, the, to the church. If you're faithful in little things, you'll be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest or unfaithful in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you're untrustworthy about worldly wealth or worldly things, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And I want to encourage you that uh, God might put something so small and insignificant before you that you can do and you need to be faithful to that thing and develop that as best you can. It's about alignment of the heart to a higher call, a heavenly call, I could say. And it always begins with something small or insignificant that otherwise you think people wouldn't even notice. And that call can start, the things of God start so small. Oh, oh, you've heard this before if you're part of this church, but I started the call of God wasn't because someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, wow, you seem to have great ability in front of people because I didn't have it. I used to, I used to hate the idea of speaking in front of anybody. And, and the, the, the start of the call came in my life because the pastor um, asked me if I could set up chairs and have the key to open up this, this uh, building that we had our church in that we used to hire on Sundays, bring the chairs on a truck and set them up and at the end of the day pick up all the rubbish left behind. That was a part of my call. And it was being faithful in that thing where nobody saw, nobody cared, no one else was there at 8 o'clock in the morning when I was loading the truck. But God was there. And God sees those things because I could say, well, I, I hate this stacking the chairs on the truck and sometimes people would come and that help and all they do was complain, this is crazy, this is stupid, we need our own building but we don't have a building and this is how we do it right now. But God will determine the, the, the things that are in your heart through those tests. And so never think, well, I'm just sweeping the floor or I'm just vacuuming the carpet or I'm just on the music team or I just make a cup of coffee. If you have an alignment of your heart to the call of God, serving coffee can turn to, you know, you just don't know what. Because in serving the coffee commitment, you could be launching yourself into, into a, a mission field. You don't underestimate what God wants to do with a servant whose life is aligned in heart to the purpose of God. It's a pathway to great exploits is navigated by alignment of your heart and commitment. Commitment is a heart thing. It goes beyond reason or comfort and sees beyond to something higher, something bigger, something better. Alignment of heart with God begins with being born again. That's the first plank you need, is you need to come to that place of being born again. In Revelation, Jesus said about, you know, uh, it's not referring directly to this experience of being born again, but Jesus said, Behold, at the end of the age, I make all things new. 
And I believe that God wants to take us on a process, on a, on a growing phase of life where all things become new all the time. And I don't think that's ever the kind of church experience that I want to live by is saying, well, I've seen it all, I've done it all, been there, done that, and it's always going to be the same. No, God wants to take you on this thing called life in the spirit that there's always something more, something bigger, something better, something to experience that you've never experienced before. That, I love our worship because in the worship is some of the greatest times I have where God just speaks into my heart. It's not, it's not a fill-in just to, to waste some time, otherwise church won't go long enough. It's time to experience something of a spiritual aspect. I love it. Where are we up to? Alignment of heart with God begins with being born again in Jesus and is perfected by living in faith, believing and trusting what Jesus says about our life. Aligning our heart also involves aligning our mouth with that heart. So Matthew, um, where are we going? Uh, Matthew 12 verse 34, just the second part of that scripture says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of in the NIV Bible. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Have you ever saw, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not unusual. I, I, I've been guilty of this myself where I find myself often speaking negative, speaking words of doubt. You, you say, well, we, we um, want to see this or that happen and you might have these words come out of your mouth. I doubt it. I doubt it. This, that's speaking from the heart, speaking because in your heart or in my heart, there is doubt. Sometimes in my heart, there could be fear. Sometimes in my heart, there could be um, reservations. And we need to be careful that we put the things of faith, the things of the Word of God in our heart, so that when it's required, that comes out. Because the words we speak produce the life that we live. There's, there's, a, there's incredible power for good or bad in what you speak out. Uh, Psalm 119 verse 11 about getting things into your heart says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So it gives us a place. Aligning our heart to God will affect what comes out of our mouth and what comes out of our mouth determines the outcomes of life now and in eternity. And the psalmist puts it this way about hiding God's word in the heart, a deposit of faith, that we can draw from when we need it. So if you have no word of God in your heart, then you're not going to be calling on those words. You'll be calling upon whatever else is in there. And that might have come from a horror movie. That might have come from a romance story you're just reading. It might come from all kinds of things. But God wants us to enter into this, this walk of life with Jesus, where when we're looking at life's issues looking at life's victory sometimes, looking at whatever we face with that faith coming out, which is the word of God in us. Proverbs 4 verse 23 says something like that. Did I do that? Oh, cool. <laughs> above all, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. I think this is one of the most um, key scriptures that we need to um, get our heart around 
above all else. You know when the Bible says a statement like that, it means it's, it's above all else. It means before anything, the most important. Guard your heart for everything you do <clears throat> pardon me, flows from your heart. So if the heart is broken or if the heart is weak or if the heart is full of the wrong things, then everything else about your life is going to have an effect because of that. I love the Word of God because it's so practical and it's so powerful. A lot of people who don't understand God, don't understand Jesus Christ and the true message that He brings, say all kinds of things that aren't helpful about life. But when we start to to seek out and understand and learn and uh, um, give ourselves to understand the Word of God, it makes incredible practical sense. So a heart aligned in context and balance to the Word of God, which is our Bible, will produce evidence of that. Choose a good heart alignment to the Holy Spirit and what flows out of your life will be good. So that people will say, hey, I want to be around that person. I want to be around her because she, she helps me feel better. I want to be around him because he gives me hope. I want to be with that person because they, they speak life into my situation. Um, you know, there's, there's always a little bit of a, um, I guess, a misunderstanding about the word love. Because we think, well, if we love people, we just agree with them and say, yes, you know, the pastor with a dog collar on and, and, and all that. And just, yes, yes, that's fine. God understands. You know, sometimes love in the true context, will say, you know what, that's actually not what the Word of God says. You know what, if you keep doing that, you're going to shipwreck your life. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to end up in a place where you don't want to be. Uh, I'd be cautious about doing those things. That's what love does. And, and we, need to, we need to understand and have a, have a good balanced thing because sometimes people can abuse the Word of God over other people and use it as a, manipulation, a manipulative tool. See, I don't... I, I have enough trouble trying to navigate my own life rather than manipulate yours as well. So I'll just be honest with you. I, we're not into that here, in, here at this church. But we do, have to, we do have a responsibility to say, hey, you know, sometimes decisions that, that you're making might have a consequence. So we just want to help you and maybe be able to give you some ideas to think about. But that's done in love. And hopefully we can build a church based on those sorts of things. I don't know where that came from. But a person, this is important, a person may have a level 10 potential, but by a misaligned heart or a misaligned attitude about life will keep themselves somewhere below that potential. God wants to come into our lives, fill our heart with the right kind of energy. That's a real new age word there. But, he, but I'll use it, I'll take a chance. Um, he wants to fill you with the right kind of stuff then that will promote growth for you spiritually. Aligning our heart attitude brings stability. James 1.8 in, in the uh, writings of James, it describes the, the double-minded person, the person whose loyalty is divided between God and the world and it says they are unstable in everything they do. And so we, we, we can't have a, well, you know, you know, when you're eating food, you can say, well, it's, it's all about a, a balance. It's all about balance in life. You know, when it comes to spirituality, it's all about unbalance. 
You might say, well, you need a balanced diet. You have a little bit of fruit, a little bit of vegetables, a little bit less of them and a lot of meat, uh, um, not too many chips, all, all those sorts of things. And, and so long as you keep that balance, your, your body will be healthy. True. When it comes to spiritual things, you need a whole lot of Jesus and a, and a whole lot less of you. And you'll become a better you because you have the Jesus you and not the other you. Now, there's two. I, I did a message once about the two yous. Um, and there are two yous. Not good English, but it's a good spiritual thing. And what you have to do is feed the spirit you and let him control the direction and the destiny and let the other you take second place. And then the spirit you has an eternal future that never ends. And that's why we need to give that much more importance. <clears throat> so I want to give you an illustration about hearts aligned in the right thing. In Judges 4 verses 1 to 23, we're not going to read it all out, but there's a story of, about a man called Barak. There's another Barak around we know today, but this was, he, was a lot, he was the first one. Um, his name's Barak or Barak. And uh, there's a woman as well at the same time, and her name was Deborah. And the story goes that the kings of Canaan oppressed Israel. So Barak and Deborah are from Israel. And the kings of Canaan oppressed Israel over and over again. And they represent, they, the kings oppressing them represent the results of compromise and double-mindedness. So the people of Israel, as a nation, they're saying, well, we, we're kind of dabbling around with serving God. We, we, we try and do that a little bit, but... There's other, there's other gods and idols and, and other things that we sacrifice to as well. So we can do both. Um, we want the blessing of God and we like the idea of all that and we, we kind of understand where God's coming from, but it's also pretty handy to have another idol now and then that we want to give our stuff to and make our sacrifices to. And we do the same kind of things in life. So these kings of Canaan, they were oppressing Israel over and over again. And they would tax them and enslave them. Their, their ultimate goal, these other kings of Canaan, were to um, tax the people of Israel out of their prosperity and ultimately say, we now own you and now you have to work for us for no pay, which means you're a slave. So Deborah was a prophet. She was a woman who could hear from God and she prophesied one day to Barak, this army commander, and she says to him, Barak, get 10,000 men and God will give you victory over the enemy, over these Canaanite kings. And, and so just go and do it. Get 10,000 men, go and go to war, and you're going to win. Now, Barak, being a great man, says, uh, Okay, uh, I'm only going to go if you go with me. And he thinks, That's nice, but I won't go unless you come too. Now, this is the, the, the issue of an aligned heart. Is Barak had an unaligned heart with God. He stepped back. And Deborah stepped forward. She stepped into the call. She saw with vision and he couldn't see any vision. So the separation between Barak and Deborah is she had an aligned heart that activated faith where he had a divided heart that said, unless you do it for me, I'm not going at all. So we often have that sort of attitude to the prophetic in church. I believe in the prophetic gifts of God that... Um, people may bring and speak that over our lives and some people will say hey that's real great love that word but unless you do it for me I'm not going to go and we see I see that how many 
Uh, I might have just moved on here before I confuse myself. Uh, okay, Th- these things happen. I'll, 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 I might get to that in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. It's four things. Maybe if I click this four times, it'll get it. There it is. About an aligned heart that we see from Deborah. An aligned heart initiates action. She had an aligned heart with God and God spoke to her and said, you need to get 10,000 soldiers, tell Barak, the commander of the army, get out there and go to war. An aligned heart initiates action. Now we're talking about spiritual battles and things like that here today. I'm not saying let's get 10,000 people and go anywhere and fight and such. It's getting on your knees, uh, seeking after God and seeing God do things in the heavenly realms. Number two, an aligned heart will motivate faith and action in others. So her aligned heart, God spoke to her, she spoke to Barak, and he, he did get into action. Number three, an aligned heart will direct others to battle and warfare in the right battles. And number four, an aligned heart will live to celebrate victory. An aligned heart finds it easier to receive prophecy and move accordingly. Here's where I was getting to. How many prophecies have been spoken over people in church? You know, if I ask that question, you know, I think lots of people, if you've been in church, you've heard prophecies spoken over other people's lives. And too many, you know, I guess there's too many to count. Now the point is, it's not uncommon to have a Barak response that says, okay, that's a nice word, but unless you do it for me, then I'm not going. Then I'm, I'm not going to do that. But when we have a word of God spoken over our life in some way or form, then we need to say, God, I'm going to have a correct alignment ready in my life. I'm going to say, well, I'm going to pursue after that purpose that you've just spoken into me. And you know, uh, the, the caution there is a word spoken like that should never be like, oh, wow, I didn't see that coming. It should be a confirmation for what you've already feeling and, and, and dealing with where you say, thank you, God. I know that you know where I am right now and I'm going to pursue after that thing that you've just said. Another great key is sometimes the best man for the job is a woman. I mean, I'm talking about in very, very, very rare cases. I mean, (laughs) sometimes the best man for the job is a woman. So we do see another aspect to alignment in this story that Deborah, the prophet, had a vision. She had a prophetic word for Barak and something he couldn't see for himself. At least he said, I'll go if you come with me because some today just refuse altogether. And, uh, you know, when God speaks into your life with a prophetic, then there needs to be an awareness. There needs to be an alignment take place in your life where you say, Lord, if that's what you're calling me to do, then I'm going to do what it takes to be the spearhead in this situation. And we can turn the whole thing around. We can turn the, the, the future of Port Lincoln around for the best when we start to align ourselves with a prophetic word spoken over our life. The last point, everyone's going, far out, he's finally finished. The last point, the capacity to align ourselves to God in the things unseen helps to align our heart. See, nobody will see you praying in the night when you're all alone. Nobody will see you to check on your personal 
devotion time with God. No one will be checking on you to say, hey, how are you going with, with uh, personal learning and, and development? But it's a time that you spend in contemplation before God. Nobody will see those things. But that's when God will begin to put things in your heart. That's the most important intimate time of, of your life is to be saying, God, I need to spend time with you. It's not a formula of, of succeeding. It's a formula for living. Align your heart to the prophetic purpose of God. Maybe we feel a bit like Eddie the Eagle and feel a sense of failure. Thinking, well, I'm trying, I'm trying my very best. I'm doing all that I can to please God. And it appears that I'm not having much success. <clears throat> you know, back in 1988, I think Michael Edwards was thinking, hey, I'm just trying my best. And I think he was just having a great time trying his best. Even though he was coming last, I think when he starts to get the royalties coming in for this movie they're going to make, he's going to have a, a bigger smile than a gold medal around his neck. And maybe we're a bit like that. We don't remember the guy who won the gold medal, but we remember the guy with the glasses who had a huge heart. And you know something? We, we need to get a different perspective about how we do our spiritual life and stop thinking, well, no one notices me. I wonder if the pastor's going to see what I did. Uh, I wonder if, if uh, you know, they appreciate what I do. You know something? It's the things that are done in the unseen that God appreciates and God will bless and God will honour and God will reward. And sometimes we don't see any of that until we get to heaven. Where it says, Jesus, he said, I'm, I go before you to prepare a place for you. And you know what? All those things that no one else sees, that could be a diamond. That could be gold. That could be treasure. That could be all sorts of things that you store for yourself in heaven. That's going to be our last alignment that I'm going to be speaking on next will be alignment with heaven. Alignment with a heavenly destiny, with a heavenly perspective about everything that we do today. So let me pray for you this morning for a heart alignment of faith. A heart alignment of faith that is willing to follow Jesus, that will initiate action and be the one who spearheads victory. An aligned heart is a powerful weapon for every believer. Why don't you just bow your heads with me this morning. And if something stirred in your heart today about what I've said, and you're thinking, Lord, I just want to give you a sign some way. Jesus, I just want to let you know that I, that I want to go on this um, journey with you. I want to align myself in my heart to your word. Then you can just slip up your hand. It's not about any, any you know, um, membership to anything. It's just saying, Lord, I, I want to get in right alignment with you. And I'm going to start that today. Then just raise your hands up nice and high. I want to pray for you today. Lord Jesus, I thank you for these hands that are raised this morning. I thank you for the divine purpose and destiny upon their lives, that you may use them to great effect, that you may cause them to find ways to have the Word of God uh, burning in their heart about life, about, about the future, about things that no one else has ever thought of yet. 
I just pray in Jesus' name, may they experience the power of the prophetic in their life, that they may begin to hear you and know you because they've got your word in their heart and their heart is aligned to that word. Bless your people, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.